To the Chicago Sports Experience, a 4D podcast production. Hey everyone, I am Dan, here and, with Drew. And I am Drew, I am here, and we're kind of going to do a kind of a one-off episode for us. A lot of times we like to sprinkle <clears throat> amongst different aspects of the Chicago sports scene. Um, this episode is probably going to only be maybe a half hour, 40, maybe 45 minutes. Um, but we did, it, it needs, the brevity needs to be addressed here. Um, Chicago Blackhawks are a, a, a team in, a, with a whole lot of problems. It's a free fall. Yeah. It's an absolute free fall. Um, so just to kind of set the stage, if you've listened to our stuff before, we, we went into the kind of the gruesome detail of the former video coach, Brad Aldrich, who, you know, was accused of and. Um, basically all but admitted to sexually harassing Kyle Beach, former player, while a member of the Blackhawks. Um, Blackhawks escorted him out of the building in 2010, but again, gave him a letter of recommendation, which is sketchy at best. Um, and a whole lot, and, and, and this guy Aldrich continued to, wherever he went, continued to do this behavior. Uh, he is a sexual predator, a registered sex offender in the state of Michigan. Correct. Like, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Like, even in the jail, he was trying to molest his cellmate. So that's nothing, you know, this Aldrich guy is just basically pure evil. And the Blackhawks really didn't do anything to stop it. And what we've had since then is Kyle Beach has settled the lawsuit against the Blackhawks. Um, the Blackhawks fired everybody, which we said was something that they absolutely positively had to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were starting to try to turn the page last week. Um, they announced under, I think, Danny Wirtz, not not Rocky, um, an initiative to try to go find a new GM. Because obviously Stan Bowman was part of that whole mass firing and they were going to try to open it up to suggestions from fans, suggestions from former players. Uh, former players. They brought in Marion Hosa like and Patrick Sharp. The opposite of what the Bears did. Correct. <laughs> Essentially. And, you know, cast a wide net, but explain to everybody what we were going to do. And the first opportunity to unveil this was at a town hall style meeting. Um that happened last Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Uh, media was invited, season ticket, some prominent season ticket holders that have been season ticket holders forever who've seen the good, the bad, and the ugly um, were there. Uh, and for about the first 35 minutes, I would say things were going okay. You know, it was okay. A- and then 
the chairman of the board, one Rocky Wirtz, who took over from his son, from his father, Bill Wirtz, um, in the span of about two minutes, basically evaporated any goodwill he had left in this town. Uh, Dan, you watched it more. I, I've seen it, obviously seen the video since. But you watched it kind of in the moment, so you want to kind of tell us what happened, and then we'll get into it. Yeah, it uh, it's a disaster. So, <laughs> uh, and, uh, for those that don't remember <laughs> now, Rocky Wirtz started his Blackhawks tenure in love and adoration from Blackhawks fans because 2008 put them back on TV, made the United Center experience more fan friendly and welcoming. Uh, spent money on the team, for which hadn't been done in a long time. Did things that you could, I would say, up until last year, you could write, Rocky Wirtz could have authored business books yeah. about how to turn a, a franchise around. I mean, before this, the, the Blackhawks were voted the worst organization in all of sports on an ESPN, you know, six-month-long poll. They won it, I think, hands down. Uh, they weren't even close. I, I think, you know, beating out other non-favorite people. I, I forget who some who the number two team was. I just remember the Hawks won this thing. Mm -hmm. um, but that was before Jonathan Taves. This is before Patrick Kane. They hired John McDonough from the Cubs organization Cubs to, to essentially revamp the entire organization correct. top down, uh, which he did, uh, which might be why they're looking at a Cubs assistant GM for general manager now, actually. But anyway, um, so he started off with a lot of love and adoration. Now he's getting uh, a possibly even more, uh, <laughs> more. The, the only saving grace for his dad was that his dad wasn't alive in the age of social media. Because if you want to talk about yeah. someone who deserved to get torched every night, it was him. Um, Bill Wirtz was once quoted as saying when his team was good, uh, 1992. Uh, they actually did make it to the Stanley Cup final. Um, they now they they won that and they got there on the strength of a rookie goaltender Ed Belfour. He was okay, but there was talk of them not possibly going out and getting a veteran that year, you know, as a backup or something like that. And Bill Wirtz was famously quoted by saying, "Well, if they do really well, I'll have to pay them, and I don't want to do that." So we'll 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 take our conference finals appearance and and go home. That was the kind of guy that he was, and 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 the the Wirtz family has made their money off of doing in Chicago. And if you don't know this, the alcohol business in Chicago this goes back to prohibition days. So what the Wirtz company owns is a beer distributor, and what a beer distributor basically is is a glorified middleman. You cannot buy beer in the city of Chicago and in the suburbs of Chicago directly from Miller or directly from Coors. You have to buy it from a literally a middle person. And all the middle person does is they take, they buy from Miller, they buy from Coors, they buy from Budweiser, mark the shit out of it up, and turn around and sell it to the bars. So if you ever watch a bar getting stopped in the middle of the day, you notice you never see Miller or anybody directly. You see guy like Bismarck, um, a bar. Um, there's a few of them. There's like there's like this cadre of like seven or eight beer distributors in the city, and they have the oligopoly of 
of, of beer in this town. And for tons and tons of years, the United Center or the Chicago Stadium, the United Center was stocked with, you guessed it, Bismarck beer. Bismarck was the Wurtz's beer distributorship. And that's how they made all their money. And they continue to do so. So that's the arm that makes the money and the sports franchises lose it, basically. So you have that kind of as your backdrop. This is not a family with a rosy history in it of it anyway. Correct. Um, Rocky Wirtz, when he was able to take over the team, like you mentioned, he put the, the games on TV, made an outreach, hired John McDonough, buffed up the, the face of the franchise, franchise then wins three Stanley Cups, and has now kind of been in this weird headspace of they're kind of okay, and then they get bad, and then they don't make the playoffs, so they haven't won a playoff series since the, the last Stanley Cup win. So there's a lot um, going on on the ice, and then they have this situation that goes on off the ice. And and you thought that, you know, this was supposed to be, like I said, supposed to be the turning of the page we're, we're able to kind of put this behind us, not in the rearview mirror, but we're going to learn from it and we're going to go forward. Yes. Well, then they opened up the floor to questions. And, and Mark Lazarus asks probably the softballiest of softball questions. And he phrased it in, in a way that was, Wait. I thought, very well done. Uh, he phrased the question, I know this is the town meeting where we're looking forward, but to go forward, we need to go back to 2010 and the issues with Kyle Beach. And that makes this question relevant in that, what are you doing now? So what are you doing now? Right. Not like what you did then. What are you doing now to ensure players have empowerment within your organization so that that never happens again? Is essentially the question the that question. we asked. And it, it's notable that his son, Danny, starts to answer the question. No, Rocky actually started Rocky first. started it. Rocky yeah. took it took it aggressively first. He's like, I'm going to answer the question, not Danny. I think the report speaks for itself. We're not looking back at 2010. We're looking forward. This is quoting. And we're not going to talk about 2010. Then Danny Wirtz tries to answer the right. question, but is cut off by Rocky. No. That's none of your business. That's none of your business. We're going, uh, what we're going uh, to, do today. to do today is our business. You don't work for the company. If somebody in the company asks that question, we'll answer it. We're not going to talk about Kyle Beach. We're not going to talk about anything that happened. Now we're moving, now we're moving on. Well, Rocky, <laughs> here's my thing. We're not going to talk about anything that happened. That's how you got in this mess in the first place. It took him 10 minutes. Took him 10 minutes. Yes, exactly. It was it was the insular culture. It was the, you know, protect the hockey, protect the emblem at all costs. Um, that got you exactly in this. Now, there's also a backdrop to this that I think. You know, obviously, if you've watched any, if you've listened to any sort of sports talk in Chicago, you've heard everybody kind of put their take on this. There was also a report that came out from the guy who's been breaking all these stories, Rick Westhead, who is a great follow on Twitter. If you want to follow a just a, a good journalist, a guy actually practicing real journalism in, in an age where it's really hard to do. Um, so go follow him. Uh, that there was a third 
potential lawsuits to come up against the Hawks uh, that was revealed, I think, the next day. My theory as to why Rocky reacted the way that he did was he thought Lazarus had a scoop and said, and he was going to try to cut it off before the actual gotcha question came up. And oh, by the way, I'm hearing things of the third. We never got to that point. But the question that was actually asked, you absolutely should have answered that question. It's why you were there. I, I and do. you had to know that that question or a question like that was coming. I admire Danny Wirtz for recognizing the, oh my God, he's about to torpedo our franchise and tried to intervene and answer the question. And, but I don't, I, I, your point is valid and your point is the reasonable, reasonable, logical thing that he might have been thinking in this moment. No, but in the moment, it makes him look like he's a crazy person. Rocky's got to be smarter than he definitely should have. Been. What in the world? There's very few ways you could have answered that question worse. Yep. And there's a million and a half ways you could have answered that question better. I what is hard about saying like we've installed some programs, we've installed some human resources people, some uh, so, some counselors that are on staff that can maybe help as an unbiased, anonymous tip line, something, all of that, any of those. And he went. Hard. He went, he went 100% scorched earth. Which... And what didn't help here is the fact that this happened on a day that the Blackhawks just so happened to be playing in a primetime slot on national television. You, you want to talk about ways? Ways? Here's the book he's going to write. Here's the book he wrote. How to Torpedo My Franchise 101 by One Rocky Works. Let's put my team on national television in a primetime spot. Okay, the NHL doesn't get a lot of them. They have one on TNT on Wednesday nights. They used it for the Hawks in the Wild. Let's also have the team play like absolute dog shit in front of that national the TV audience. 5-0 loss. Yes. Bad. Let's also then, let's have this 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 uh, town hall an hour before the puck drops. That's a good idea. Let's, yep. let's do that. And then let's have that response to that question. So in between the first and second period of the game that night, you have like Wayne Gretzky, Mark and Messier, um, Anson Carter. Um, uh, oh God, uh, I'm forgetting the studio dude, but I'm not giving him credit. Liam McHugh, and they're they're just they're they play this. This they're is like, like hockey royalty sitting around a table. Yes, and they just they put up the literal footage of this inter the whole interaction with Mark Lazarus. And they cut back to the studio crew, and they're just like, what was that? Right. Like, you saw four jaws on the ground. And then you had Rocky Wirtz trending number five on Twitter in the, in entire, the entire country. country. Good for you, Jack. And only then, only then does he decide to put out a statement, quote unquote, <laughs> apologizing. Which which he didn't write. 100% he didn't way write. Too curated. And 150% he didn't mean a word of it. Right. It came off so badly. The, the worst question was actually the reporter who asked after Lazarus. Because the other guy starts to say, then, then Rocky goes off on another paper saying how you never get the late scores in on time. What's wrong with your paper? And, and ranting about nothing of any relevance whatsoever. And then the, the, that reporter, I, I feel something, and I'm, I'm not giving him due credit. I will find that out. But um, he basically goes, 
you know, why I'm asking this is not to throw more, you know, hay on the fire or, or, or more fuel in the fire, but I've had season ticket holders coming to me asking me, what do I do? Because look, I mean, unless you're a corporation doing it for marketing, um, you can't afford season tickets. I lived in this town for, you know, 39 years and I don't afford season tickets. So the only way you do it is you go to the games you want to go to and you flip the rest of them. Mm-hmm. That's how you pay for them. Um, and you're, you're banking on that, that flipping. And for a while, it's worked out really well. Well, there's now a lot of newer season ticket holders who are getting burned at the stake with tickets that have no resale value because the team has been dog on the ice this year. Yep. So that was the question. And, and Rocky continues to go, well, I guess you're working in our ticketing department. Like, it just kept going. Like, the word, like it just kept getting. Like, he's just digging the hole deeper and deeper. And it's tone deaf. You, you have to come up to get to tone deaf. You really, you really do, and you had the you tweeted uh, at us when when we uh, when I posted the link to the video of right. Rocky Words responding, all that, and you tweeted uh, that you have never seen someone just torpedo their standing in the city so quickly, and I'm like, that sounds familiar. You said the same thing about Jonathan Taves when he was asked about 2010. Same thing at that moment. And now, he Taves fumbled. at least has a bit of an out in that he was just coming off the ice. He, may, he should have been prepped. He should have known. should have understood the environment he's in. But I can understand that because he's an actual athlete doing a thing. What the hell is Rocky Wirtz doing the whole rest of that day? I assume lawyers and I I imagine Danny Wirtz is at least competent enough as a businessman to be like, hey, this will probably come. First of all, let's backtrack to the point of the town hall. The point of the town hall is to be open and honest with your season ticket holders, with the media, with your fan base, and you the whole freaking tie the whole line. The thing that this town hall is known for right. is about we're not gonna talk about anything. Why are you doing this? Right. What is the point? And, and, and again, he had to know that that was coming. And if he didn't, and, and apparently the reports have come out that he did know that a question like that was coming. And that's the tactic you're going to play? You think that's the good idea? You think, what What was, like, the question that I have on, on all of this is, okay, Rocky, you make that response. What is your ideal response to that reaction? That's what I want to know. Oh, okay, I guess we won't talk about it. Look, I've... I've what world are you living in? I've, I've had conversations with Blackhawks fans since. Uh, and... Look, the, it's a very real thing that I, I don't know if he's attuned to it or he or he's just completely ignorant of it. One of the two, but they're losing fans. Oh, left, right, and center. Like people are bailing on this team, and they're bailing on them harder and for more legitimate reasons than they bailed in the nineties. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, it's one thing that they don't pay for players or whatever. That's whatever. This is discrimination. This is hiding sexual abuse. Right. This, this is horrifying these, things. These are now. I do think that the the Blackhawks fairly slash unfairly are being. They're the first to go through it because I do think that this entire issue is endemic in hockey culture. Agreed. And, and if you read Rick Westhead at all, 
you're going to see tons and tons well, of you different need, examples. You can just see it in what Gary Bettman's response oh my God. was. Well, t- you, again, tone deaf, meet, meet tone deaf squared. So we just talked about uh, in our last episode that we're publishing around the same time. <laughs> we talked about Roger Goodell and how he's got questions that he has to answer to during Super Bowl week. Gary Bettman. Sniveling, if you think Roger ass. Goodell is a horrible commissioner. Oh, no. no, no. Roger Goodell is light years in front of Gary Bettman. Gary Bettman is – there is a reason he gets booed. That dude, hockey will – and I will say this right now. Hockey will not be, be uh, – NASCAR has a better chance of being more culturally relevant in this country than hockey does with that dude That's as, as the commissioner. That's a big statement, and I don't disagree with you. Right. <laughs> so, and, and that's with hockey on ESPN. Yeah. By the way, it, it, ho- which, which which they they took a great thing, putting hockey on national television, and put it behind a paywall. How stupid are you? So, Different rant. Another show. <laughs> we we talked about how the NFL has its own cavalcade of problems. Hockey has its own problems. They uh, had some racial slurs being uttered at an NHL they, game. They have racial issues. They have a major sexual abuse problem, and it's endemic both in the inside of the United States and inside of Canada, because it's it's the Canadian juniors where you're basically sending your kids off, you know, to to camp for six eight months at a time. That these kids are getting. I mean, read read Theo Fleury. Anything that that dude has written about, that dude was broken. Um, that dude almost killed himself when he was with the Hawks, not because of anything the Hawks did, but just because it all comes out when you least expect it. And then when you're an adult and you have access to things like uh, booze and drugs, uh, it just creates a horrible situation. It, it, as you're saying, it's an endemic problem. And when you have a commissioner like Gary Bettman, and when you have owners like Rocky Words, and they're not the only two that are... Who are choosing to put their heads in the sand. That's the response. La, 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 head in sand. We can blame Jonathan Taves for being the captain of a locker room that only made it harder for Kyle Beach to come forward. Using gay slurs, using discriminatory slurs, just having an environment of you're gay, therefore you are bad, whether they're meaning it like that or they're just off the cuff saying it. Right. It doesn't matter when you, when you have a sexual abuse like that. It, it's, you, you are, you could say that for the locker room and you, you, whatever. And that's players keeping it in house. Well, the players keeping it in house is one thing. When upper management starts keeping it in house, that's the more sinister part. When, when there are people who report Ugh. and then you ignore the report, yes, that's that that is you're you're you are on the same level as Penn State. Oh God, don't get which me. is you just as, which Penn is just State. as a, a, a despicable situation. Oh, the Penn State's. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, but with now the the investigation came out and supposedly Rocky words came out of this scot-free somehow as he was not alerted to the seriousness or the whatever of it. I mean, it's this, re- this reaction certainly throws shade on that. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Certainly my point. didn't help that out. Are you telling me this? You telling me John McDonough did not say a word of this to Rocky words. And right. that was not his effing response. We are not going to talk about this. Right. Right. I, I fully believe he knew every damn thing based on this town hall. 
I mean, how- it certainly opens the question. It is. It is a that is a completely valid and logical leap to make based on that response. He was panicked. He was panicked. He was freaked. Why are you freaked like that? When when that wasn't anywhere what you were doing. All you had to do was say, "Lay out, answer the damn question, and move forward." There was a there was a report out either today or yesterday that Danny Wirtz has had a conversation with his with the, the Blackhawks staff since this town hall, and reportedly in this conversation that we had with the staff, he said uh, honestly during that town hall, I've never been more disappointed uh, in in my father or would like to use the word ashamed, but he can't probably bring himself to do it. Yeah, um, I'm I'm praying. I am praying. Now we've seen it in two of the Wirtz family members. And I'm praying Danny Wirtz has a better head on his shoulders to help steer this thing in the right direction. No, I mean, that was what, what Rocky did. That was reminiscent of the treatment that, that his father used to have. If, I have. if I'm Danny Wirtz and I have any say in this organization to any level, I'm starting the maybe you need to take a step back, Dad. Maybe... You Chairman Emeritus or step it the hell or, away or, or something and let, let me take over Correct. at this point. Because I mean that's really I know there's a bunch of people that are gonna say that they don't that this organization, no matter what they do, they can throw all of they can actually answer the question and put all the programs in place. Then it's not gonna matter if that dude who says that answer is sitting in the chairman's seat. And I get it. How dumb do you have to be to answer it this way? So not only are you shedding 10,000 more lights on that specific right, issue. Exactly. Not to mention, now you have national media, not just Chicago media, national media now picking out every one of your flaws outside of that. Right. I was watching Around the Horn on ESPN and they asked this issue. First of all, I, the Blackhawks, even when they won three Stanley Cups, were barely on Around the Horn and now they're on Around the Horn. They were on Around the Horn one time that I ever remember. And that was when they had the win streak in 2013. And they're like, is this a legacy or not? And there were a ton of people that said, no, whatever. It's not a legacy. Whatever. Anyway. so oh, the dynasty. Yes. yes. So they're on the around the horn. And one of the first things that one of the reporters says is, well, how can you ever take them seriously when they have a discriminatory logo behind their town well, hall? Right. Writing, put, which is a whole other, other topic, right. which now you've shed light on because it said something freaking dumb at a town hall. It's like now people are just poking holes to poke holes because you're – Flipping idiot. Yeah. That's like, what are you and doing? It's, 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 look, I mean, I, if you look at my decorations, I've got a lot of Blackhawk stuff. I'm severely considering taking a lot of it down. That's, um, but that's what I've heard from a lot and, of Blackhawks. And, Hawks and I have, I have a Blackhawks license plate holder that I don't think is going to be on my car much past this weekend. Um, it's, it's, it, hard. It's, it's hard because, you know, I was, one of the 5,000 people who would show up to that arena when they were dog crap team. I remember the loudest it ever was, was a goalie fight with Steve Passmore. <laughs> okay. It was the loudest I'd ever heard the United Center before the team got good. I, I remember the first, the reason my family got cable in the first place was to watch the Blackhawks uh, on the road on like FS one or whatever they yeah, were on yeah. back in the day. And the first game I ever watched on cable was the Blackhawks versus Gretzky's Kings team. And they beat them. They beat them like seven to one. And I remember that. <laughs> and it was great. And I, I'm, 
I'm just heartbroken because I can't, there's so many in that organization that are doing good. And there are so many players that have nothing to do with any of them. Like Seth Jones. Poor Seth Jones comes out in that press conference after the wild game. And the first thing they ask him is, how much of an idiot is your owner? And he's, and he's like, like, I have no what idea what's going on. About? Right. It's not his problem. But it shouldn't be his problem. It shouldn't be. And I feel bad because now fans are pulling away and not supporting some of these players that do deserve our support. To bring it is a phenomenal talent that deserves attention. And you deserve to go pay a ticket and see him play because he's that good. He is worth the price of admission, absolutely. And it's and Flurry is price of admission to go see his goal. We're not gonna see him for much longer. Probably not, but it it's I can't argue with Blackhawks fans that just say I'm done and just wipe their hands clean of this franchise after they see repeated there there is a there is a public trust that has been completely violated. Yes. Um there is you know I, I look at how how you know who, the the people I actually really feel for in the immediate aftermath are, are like the Twitter admins who like have to post like, hey, we interviewed so and so for the GM position, and then and, just and then they just get just comments. the toxicity of Twitter at its worst can just be maddening, and and even even when it's right, even when it's pointed in the right direction, um, that's those those voices are not getting to the appropriate places because it's just how Twitter works. I gotta say, I had a dark laugh. When they get beat five to nothing, and then the Blackhawks Twitter just goes out, "Not our night." And I'm like, "Yo, <laughs> you said that in a mouthful." Uh, that's a that's a whole lot in one tweet with three yeah. words in it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yes, it's, it's yes. Like... it was it was bad. Um, uh, I'm going to have to do some some major reckoning. Um, the team is going to have to do some major major restructuring. Um, I hope. Uh, that Rocky sees it within him to do some sort of a step back because that's really step one before it's not gonna happen. I don't think it's going to happen. That's not going to happen, um, which is why I wanted a stronger statement I, from the Bethany. guys I feel for. I feel for his son, Danny, and I feel for Jamie Faulkner. I, Jamie Faulkner, they actually brought in like that. that it, they, they had done some actual really good things. They brought in some smart people and it was all undone in this Awful, awful two-minute tirade. If you're a GM candidate, why? Yeah. Why, why would, would you want this job? No, there's nothing about it. Um, we are up against the clock. Do we want to leave it here or do we want to do one more segment? I, we can rant on this all night. <laughs> <laughs> um, we may wrap it up. If this is it, I think uh, for Dan, I'm Drew. Thank you for listening to the Chicago Sports Experience, a 4D podcast production. If you like what you've heard, click that like or subscribe button in your favorite podcasting app. Once again, thanks for listening, and we'll catch you on the next one.